Let's enjoy today's message by Sam Adiemi. So we continue our series of discussions today. We started last week on the theme, Good News. So this is good news number two. Let me read the passage of scripture. Many verses, so I'm going to be fast. But the story is intriguing. John chapter 8, verses 1 to 11, New Living Translation. John 8, 1 to 11. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, but Jesus took down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stood down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers had this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. What a dramatic story. <laughs> the woman did what they said she did. She was caught in the very act of sin, in the very act of adultery. She was a sinner. She was married but was having sex with somebody else. So, according to the law of Moses, she deserved to die. Well, the Bible helps us to understand that the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, that caught her in the very act and brought her to Jesus, brought her, not for the sake of the community or anything, but to trap Jesus. Gratefully, no one can trap God. Amen. <laughs> what was Christ writing on the ground? Because <laughs> when they threw the question at him, so the passage says that he bent down and was writing. I've, I've been intrigued by that, wondering, was he writing down the sins of each of those men? Um, or was he downloading wisdom? Because uh, for those of us that are, do creative work in communication, you know, or even in any area, you know that writing is powerful. You, one word just pops up in your mind. You take your pen. The moment you begin to write, it's like you're connected to a pipe and there's a flow. Right? Yeah. Journaling is good. Writing is good. Secondly, writing is the first contact that abstract ideas, spiritual realities have 
with the real world. So, yeah, one of the questions I would ask Christ, right? <laughs> when we meet, what were you writing? So please picture the scenario very well. So you had the woman caught in adultery. You had the scribes and the Pharisees that brought her. You had Jesus and you had the crowd. Because actually, Jesus was teaching the crowd when these people came and interrupted, interrupted, you know, broke through the crowd, came in and brought the woman right there. So there was a whole crowd that was watching. Let's start with the woman. A few minutes of passion turned into a day of massive shame and guilt public disgrace, she was caught. Not only did she have shame, guilt, there was fear in her eyes. She was about to die. She was, she was at the risk of dying. She was practically a dead woman at that point. That's the woman. Then let's talk about the Pharisees. Religious leadership that was thirsty for blood. <laughs> of course, they were angry that Christ was disrupting their manipulative leadership, hypocritical and manipulative leadership. And Christ was, quote unquote, like we say, spoiling business for them. It was their stock in trade to manipulate the gullible crowd. There's a reason why people are described as sheep in the Bible. Once somebody stands in the name of God, it's like people's brains go into a coma. They can't ask any questions anymore because asking questions of the person speaking in the name of God is, is asking questions of God, querying God, but it is not. <laughs> they're only spokespersons. And because they're human, the message that God is passing, if their consciences are not pure, has the tendency to be colored through the filter of their own conscience and their minds. They're not God. The Pharisees and the scribes. It was to them that Jesus said, let him that never sinned throw the first stone. <laughs> they disappeared. Wow. They disappeared. Because if it is the sin problem that you want to solve, killing people, stoning people to death will never solve the sin problem. The sin problem is a nature problem. Sin is a nature. So Romans chapter 3 verse 23, New King James Version says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All you need to have that nature is to be born by a human being. Nobody took us to school to teach us how to sin. It's a nature. So <laughs> what did Jesus show there? The woman was a sinner. Her accusers, 
the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes, they also were sinners. Let the one that never sinned through the first stone, they dropped their stones and ran away. <laughs> All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what was the difference then between the woman and the Pharisees and the scribes? She was caught. <laughs> they were not. <laughs> she was caught. She was caught. So have you seen? So yes, in our world, so you have people judging people, condemning people, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Some of us have been caught like that woman. Yes, some of us have been caught lying. Some of us have been caught cheating. Some of us have even lost jobs over it. Some of us have lost friends over it. Some of us have lost our reputation. For some of us, it even got on the media. For some, it did not get on the media. The difference between the woman and her accusers was that she was caught. And then the rest that look okay, look perfect, look like nothing is wrong with us, it's because we have not been caught. You won't be caught in Jesus' name. <laughs> I can hear the loud amen. You don't need to say it out. Mm -hmm. Wait, 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 wait. There is one man that was not caught. <laughs> the man she was sleeping with. <laughs> She was caught. The woman was, permit my grammar, please, quote and unquote, uncaught. <laughs> There's no way the woman could have been caught and the man would not be caught. So the man too was caught and then he was uncaught. They let him go. These hypocritical people let him go. So that's it. Some of us have not been caught because of some hypocritical person that did not want to expose us, right? The big question here today is this, why the hypocrisy? Why this hypocrisy for God's sake? Let's see what Jesus said about that. Matthew 7, verses 1 to 5, New Living Translation. Matthew 7, 1 to 5, New Living Translation. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your, brother, in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hypocrisy is a sin. In fact, the hypocrisy itself is the proof that we have problems too. He who has not sinned among you, I give the person the permission to throw the first stone. And the Bible says one by one, one by one, 
They left. Wonderful. Help me to tell someone sitting next to you. No, 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 don't tell the person. Just look straight. Just look straight. Just talk to yourself. Say, drop that stone. <laughs> drop that stone. That stone is the certificate of hypocrisy. That stone is the proof that we have problems. You see what Jesus said? You are making noise about the speck in your brother's eye. Jesus was deliberate about the use of words. What is in your brother's eye is a speck. He said, but you have a log in your own eye. The people that shout the most about other people's sins and mistakes are the ones that have the greatest problems. That's the principle here. He who has not sinned, throw the stone. No, not a single person could throw the stone. Wow. They too. They were. <laughs> hey. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But this is where I'm going, right? This is where I'm going. So, so Jesus said, deal with the log. Deal with your own problems. You are not seeing other people's issues correctly. As long as you have sin in your own life, you're not going to see sin correctly in other people's lives. Drop that stone. Let's stop this condemnation. Okay, so Jesus bowed down. The people disappeared. He lifted his head and then asked the lady, where are your accusers? They were gone. Did nobody condemn you? She said, no. He said, neither do I. Neither do I. Neither do I because that was actually why he came. She was qualified to die. The wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is life. This is why he came. He was going to die on the cross for her sins. He was going to die on the cross for her sins. <laughs> he could never be part of her destruction. Neither do I condemn you. And today I say to someone exactly what Jesus said to that woman. The Lord Jesus Christ, God personified, is love. He loves you. If religious people criticized you, ran you down, condemned you, jumped on your case simply because you made a mistake, they did not represent God. God created you. He wants a relationship with you. He, he, he wants to be your father. Okay? It's only love he has for you. He has nothing else. Look past religious people. Look past whoever may have misrepresented God. Look past your friends. And I'm asking you today, you may have been caught. You may not have been caught. But I'm saying to you today, there's one person, Jesus Christ, the one who loved you enough to go to the cross to die and pay the ultimate price for your sins. He's saying to you today, get rid of the shame. Get rid of the guilt. Neither do I condemn you. That's the word he told me to tell you today. Neither do I condemn you. So perhaps the only thing you will have to account for after we have died and everybody meets with God is what you did with what we are hearing today, is what you did if you reject the love 
So, I read a verse in the Bible, John chapter 3 and verse 17. John 3.17. Let me read it from the New King James Version of the Bible. John 3.17 and we'll pray. For God did not send his son. New King James Version, right? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God did not send his son to condemn the world. If anybody is condemning you in the name of religion, in the name of church or anything, God did not send them. Jesus is speaking to you today. And I believe that his spirit, I believe that his spirit is speaking to you in your heart, bearing witness to what I am saying. And God is telling you, I love you. You can be free from shame, free from guilt. I did not come to condemn you. <laughs> I came to help you. Hallelujah. Finally, how do we solve the same problem? Once again, that's why Jesus came. Sin is a nature. How do you change the nature? John chapter 3. Nicodemus, an influential person, came to Jesus in the night. And said, Rabbi, we know you are from God. Nobody can do these things you're doing except God is with him. And Jesus said to him, yes, except a man is born again, born the second time, he cannot see or experience the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was confused. Born again, born the second time. You mean I should go back into my mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, that's not what I'm talking about. John 3, verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You derive your nature from the person that gave back to you. And I'm telling you, it is possible for a human to be born by God. The spirit of God can remove the nature of sin and put God's own nature there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. So at some point, when we get to know this truth, what do we do? We just pray and ask him for forgiveness and accept that Christ died on our behalf. What does he do? He wipes the slate clean, forgives us all our sins, <laughs> cleans our record, but he does more than that. Removes the nature of sin from us and puts his own nature there because it's that nature of God that gives us the capacity to do the right thing. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Hallelujah. Your thinking will change. When you have God's nature, you can think like God. You can talk like God. Woo! <laughs> no wonder he says he's a new species. He's a new creature. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. If your sins have been forgiven, like that woman, his sins were forgiven. God did not condemn you. He accepted you. You have received forgiveness for your sins. Come on, go ahead and give Jesus a big hand clap and some shout here. Hallelujah. Woo!
That's a miracle. <laughs> Woo. Oh, what freedom, what peace, what joy. Thank you, Lord. 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 So this is what I'm going to say. You can't keep this to yourself. You can't keep this to yourself. Somebody's got to hear this. Somebody's, if this has happened to you, somebody's got to hear this. So remember what we're asking you to do this month. Pray for someone. Pray for someone. If you know someone who's, who, who's not experienced this forgiveness from God, this, this freedom from guilt and shame and fear, you've got to pray for them this month. And then you've got to invite them to an event. Invite them to a service or an event where they can meet with other believers. Believe me, somebody's values and behavior cannot change on a sustainable basis until they have new friends. And then finally, share with them your story. Share with them what God has done for you. Jesus called you to be a witness. That's all. Just share your testimony. Not to be a powerful preacher. Just tell your story. Nothing resonates better on this planet than somebody's personal story. My story, phenomenal. Your story, powerful. There's power in your story. Share your testimony. Did I hear you say a big amen? All right, all right, all right, all right. So let's take a minute to pray. Go ahead and pray for someone right now in the name of Jesus. First, if you've known forgiveness from Jesus Christ, then go ahead and thank him. Thank him that you are saved. Thank him for your sins are forgiven. Then go ahead and pray. Pray for someone right now. Say, Lord, in Jesus' name, let the power of the Holy Spirit touch my friend, touch my brother, touch my husband, touch my wife, touch my dad, my mom, touch my uncle, touch this person, my colleague in the office. Please go ahead and pray. Go ahead. Nobody can save anybody. Only God can. And the Spirit of God is with that person right now. Go ahead and pray. Pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God, God bless you as you do. Go ahead. Pray for someone that, you know, Jesus taught us to pray. Send the laborers into your harvest. Pray, Father, let someone come across, my brother, my uncle, my sister, this week, that will share the gospel with them, that will persuade them, pray with them, and get them to yield their life to you. God bless you. God bless you as you pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, right now, wherever you may be, wherever you may be, at any of our physical locations, on TV, if you're attending our service on TV, or you're attending online, if you're that honest person who says, ah, it's either I'm like the woman that was caught, or I'm like the Pharisees that caught her, whichever way, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. My relationship with God is not okay. I, I want to say that prayer right now. I want to ask God to forgive me my sins, right? Will you put your hand on your heart? Let's say a short prayer together. This may be the most important prayer you ever prayed in your life up until this point. God bless you. God bless you. Right there in your living room, bedroom, wherever it may be. Hotel room. Can you put your hand on your heart and say this prayer after me? Dear God, I believe that Jesus paid for my sins. I ask you to forgive me and to accept me as your child. Thank you for hearing my prayer in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone that said this prayer right now. 
Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus said there's joy in heaven. There's a party when just one person does this. And there are so many. Heavenly Father, we're grateful. And now, Lord, in Jesus' name, we're grateful because their nature has changed. Their lives have changed. We ask, Heavenly Father, teach them to know you. Teach them to love you. Teach them to love other people the rest of their lives and help them to grow spiritually. In Jesus' name, amen.